Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Second half of the program. Raj and Chez hanging out with you for the rest of the week. Steve Nelson behind the glass today in the Bud Light Studios. If you want to join the program, 303-504-0925 on the Shot Mazda text line. You can also watch us twitch.tv slash Altitude SR on the Safeway Twitch stream and hang out in there. Uh, in the chat room, been talking to you. Buffs, Broncos football. The Avs finally signed Ross Colton, a four-year deal worth $4 million against the cap on an average annual basis every single season. Guy who uh, played mainly third and fourth line minutes for the Tampa Bay Lightning, won a cup with them, scored some big goals, and he's essentially going to be your your fill-in at third-line center and then possibly moving up into a top-six role. So he's an ass-kicker. He's an ass kicker is what and this we guy need that is. bad. What Joe Sackick and Chris McFarlane came out and said at the beginning of free agency was we need to get grittier. We need to get meaner and we need to get more physical. Now, when you re- I'd love to hear your opinion on this. One of my best friends is Scott Parker. Okay? Love him. Love him. The, the original sheriff. Um, that kind of player is kind of gone, right? The enforcer is gone. gone. Scott Parker's position is, is gone. largely gone. gone. That said. Is this the new type of enforcer with the rules being legislated the way they are? Like the guy that's going to get you checks and get you hits. Yes. You said earlier he's averaging like 13 a game or something. Yep, just under it. That's pretty good. Um, If you can't throw fists, then you got to throw shoulders and elbows legally, and that's what you're talking about, correct? Yes. You need need guys who can – throw checks constantly on the forecheck, be a deterrent in the defensive zone while like Colton and Wood aren't the best defensive metric players, they can get it done. Well, McCarr's the best defensive player in, in hockey. He sure is. And is he's the he, best offensive defensive player in hockey at the same but time. But is he that physical and posing force that we're talking about no, with this cat? No, I I don't think you have Kale's that. Kale's kind of, he's not that big. He's not that big, but he throws but he's, bodies, he's, he's right? He's pretty physical, though, for his, his size. And Colton isn't a large, he's not a huge dude. He's your stereotype typical hockey player he's six foot yeah he's just a psychopath right it's crazy (laughs) and he's he's my kind of guy is what you're saying yes he's the guy who fought logan o'connor a couple of times i like this guy yeah i'm glad he's he's on the six foot he's scrappy he's got good weight to him but again yeah throws 12 and a half hits or just north of that every 60 minutes he goes to the front of the net he scores his chances in front of the net as well he's like an offensive lineman on a hockey team i would I can I can give that to you because like I as an offensive when I got moved to offense it's not going to be pretty no it's just there's no stats go get your job it's exactly the only the only time that I get to be happy is if I run through someone's face and there's no stat line for that so I I dig this I I like that I like this signing by the Avs this is this is a toughness signing I dig that that shooter says McDermott with a question mark in terms of, of Scott Parker's job, yeah, there's there's a handful of guys left in the league that have the enforcer uh, gig where the only thing you like are out to do. To. O- only a couple of guys do. Ryan Reeves does. McDermott is one of do those they guys. Find those guys is is the penalty is the no. five minute minute major more than it was? No, if you instigate a fight, you can get slapped with like a five thousand dollar fine. So why if it's completely why out did of the it? players come up with this to legislate the fighting out? Because from what I can gather, every hockey player I know loves it. And it's like something they, they that were needs... ang- they were angry that they can't fight anymore. You can still fight. There's nothing against fighting. You don't get fined so for then, fighting in an NHL why, game why unless you enforcer, like go out of your way to do it. Why did the enforcer get run out of hockey? 
I just don't believe that there is a place for simply fighting to fight anymore. There's well, Scott was a hell of a hockey player on top of being a fighter. He, he was just a but better then it, fighter than a hockey player. It, it did, however, change into, well, there's a big dude. Then and you're maybe just you putting can't... him on the ice just to fight. Yeah, Peter Worrell was, was just here to fight. just here to fight. And I, I think even though Curtis McDermott is on the ice every single day working to get there right now, He's just on the ice to fight. Does that show that I'm a novice hockey fan that I just want to go see the fights? No. Because fights are awesome. Get out of town. They're great. I wish that we had a penalty box in football. It just got, I I wish you did too. Can you imagine? Putting a penalty box in football would be awesome. It would be incredible. You don't Like a two-minute major for. And what do you play, 10 on 10? Well, just, okay, the guard and the middle linebacker are going to get in a fight. And then you back in? You just go to the middle of the field, take off your helmet, and start (laughs) fist fighting. And then whoever whoever eats crap first or gets knocked out or when they go to the ground, it's over. And then each guy gets two-minute major, and you get to walk off the field and, like, put your helmet in the air and the whole crowd goes crazy and then you go sit on the bench and there's no right guard and no middle linebacker for two minutes. So you play tens. You play tens. That's a that way, would be kicked dude, ass. That would be that such would be a, awesome. That would be such a fun way like, to open up the you game. You remember last year in, I, I, if it was the playoff game, Miami-Buffalo where Josh Allen kind of felt like he got cheap shotted by Watkins and Watkins got up and stepped over him and like Allen got up and started a fight like a little skirmish. Well, instead of a skirmish, can you imagine if Christian Watkins and Josh Allen went to midfield and fist fought? And you know didn't. the reason why they'll never put this in the game is because you don't Because quarterbacks want... are going to get knocked exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> That's a $50 million Somebody's guy knocked going out. up against a 6'6", 315-pound so that, That's when you call in the ringer. That's when Allen's like, okay, never mind. Hold on. He puts up his time out, like time he's out, time out. The bullpen. Bring in the ringer. And the one guy on the team that's there to fist fight comes off the bench. Well, and I boom. know why you're doing this. You just want another damn job. <laughs> you just want to get back into the league. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was that guy for a long time. Go find Serrano. You can you can punch a couple of bags for a few Although minutes. I've, you'll get back right in. I have, I have watched players fight coaches. I watched Darrell Rivas knock out the strength coach once. Oh, yeah. Feels like an HR complaint was, waiting to happen. There's no HR in football, homie. So, well, there is now. But I was going to say, tell that to John Gruden. Not anymore. And- <laughs> there wasn't, but there is now. But we're, we're on the field. We're doing our sprinting, and Darrell was a rookie. And he'd just gotten – no, it was after his first year. And he had just had a great year, and he's Darrell Rivas. And Sal Lessie, you remember Sal? He's the guy that tripped the dude on the sideline. Whatever. Great strength coach, hasn't gotten a job since he tripped on the sideline. I know, shocking. Darrell doesn't finish like one of his sprints. And Sal's like, hey, Revis, finish. And Revis tells him to go stick it where the sun don't shine. And Sal got in his face, and Revis just laid his ass out. Like, no hesitation. Huge black eye, like bloody nose. And everyone's just like, ooh, okay. Revis is not messing around. <laughs> I kind of like this dude. And it actually made me like him a whole lot. Who was your head coach at that time? Was it Herm? Man, the man genius. What did he do about it? Nothing. Man genius didn't do anything What's about he that, did do? step he in? bench Darrell Rivas? I don't know. They tried to keep it out of the media and did pretty much. I had never heard about that. Exactly. They, they kept it out, and Sal went to his office, and for three weeks we walked by him, and we were like, what's up, Sal? Oh. <laughs> what, are you going to suspend your best player just because he knocks out a coach? Nah. Darrell Rivas is more important than the strength coach. Take one for the team. That's what happened. If you uh, want to keep your job, take one for the team is pretty much what happened. 
going back to Colton in the abs. Yeah, he's not he's not enforcer. You don't have those really anymore that play a big role, certainly in the playoffs. But he, I, I don't believe you do because the game's getting too fast and too skilled. But you do need guys that are going to go out there, throw their body and be willing to fight when you need to have someone throw the gloves down. If there's a cheap hit, a cheap play, if you just need to find a way to get your team back in the game, like you go down three nothing in the first 15 minutes. Get the energy up, like go out there and grab someone's jersey and then ask them to hit the triangle button. I just wish it was this acceptable in every other walk of life. It's wonderful. It's the only sport where it's like acceptable to just go beat the hell out of someone. And you just walk away too, like it happens on teams. Nothing happens, yes. In practice, you guys probably fight all the time. Fought one of my teammates in college. He was pissing me off. We were pissing each other off the entire day. And... I think I got away with it because I was a, a senior and a captain on that team. Like maybe if you were a freshman, well, you tried so, to fight so someone, problems. you wouldn't get it. But yeah, I was pissed off. He and I fought each other. I got my ass kicked and <laughs> we got off the ice for like five minutes. We were sitting together in the locker room, like breathing Probably heavily laughing about it. And then just looked at each other and went, all right, let's get back out. There. That happened. Like, we're good. Yeah, it's, it is. It is such a perfect. It's a fail safe in any, in, in, I in just the wish hockey it was game. acceptable really in all walks of life. I wish that you could just go hash something out. And just walk back in and get it over with. And just move on with your life. Instead, we don't need the cops involved. If you need to go to the hospital, go get it done. But it's okay. Like it, that's, I think that's a major problem in society these days. People don't just hash stuff out anymore. People don't fight. No, it's everything's guns and knives and weapons. And, you know, like just go to the go out to a field, hash this, and walk back into the office is there Is there a... Um... Is there a weight class though? Like you nah, can't dog. you can't go out. You got a problem with me. You can't just be like, hey, let's go fist fight. I lose that sure, ten out of ten. Well then don't fight. I run away. Well, I know tons of Napoleon complex dudes who want to fight big guys. <laughs> I, Every I time I leave that. my damn house, I all I hear is, Oh, you're a big dude. I I hate to fight you while he's drunk looking at me like he wants to fight. And I'm like, dude, I'm here with my mom at a Chris Stapleton concert. I don't want to fight you. Uh, I Eric, do want to fight him, but I'm not going to. Eric asked the question, uh, if Gabe is never able to return, knock on wood. Oh, that sucks. Could you see Cogliano stepping into the role as captain, or is there another player either on the abs or another team that could take over? If that situation arises in which Gabe Landeskog never returns to NHL ice, ugh, ugh, um, I don't, I don't want like to think about that. I also don't think that's really a possibility. Uh, again, to answer the question that all of you guys throw in, like, why don't the abs have a captain this year? It just doesn't work that way in hockey. You do not replace your C when the guy is in the room and around you. You know what? I really like that. Love it. I and there's really, a lot really of there's like a it. lot of guys that, and, I, and I've heard it from a lot of whether it's been Scotty really like or that. Tyler or any of these guys that uh, that have come up to me and, and posed this question. It's something. It's it's a respect thing that I hope never goes away. That if you have well, a he's captain, still there. he's still there. Right, he's, he's not still, dead. He's, he's not on another leading. team. He's not. He's not retired. And it almost forces the player too to figure out a new way to be an asset yeah, to the team. Certainly does. Like we're not going to take your C from you, and we still need you here, and we still need you leading. That's I dig that a lot. Huge a fan. A whole lot. So you you will not see a <laughs> C. You will not view another C. There no S on an a- E on a C. On a, yes, on an Avalanche jersey this year. Uh, but if you do move into that situation where it doesn't look like he's able to ever return from this, uh, I think your guy either has to be Kale McCarr or Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon might be a little bit too abrasive at this point in his career to really take it. I don't even know if he would want it. Abrasive. McCarr, McCarr feels like that guy to be the next in line for a captain's role on this doesn't team. Doesn't McKinnon wear the A? He wears an A. That's okay. fine. Yeah. That's all he needs. Yeah. You don't need to wear... You don't need to wear letters to be a leader of the best team or a player on your team. Yeah, but it's nice to wear a C. Yeah, it is. You, you wore a C, right? I wore an A. 
You want I didn't a? want to see. You don't want to see? I wanted it. Never yeah, wanted it. I don't know if there's a bigger honor in my life than when my teammates put I also, a, put well, a I know, but chest, I also, bro. I also never believed that I was worthy of having that on That's my team. Fair. There were guys like my junior and senior year. There was a there's better ju- players. Better, there were guys better, better suited for okay. the role, and I never saw myself as like, oh yeah, I deserve this more than the other guy. No, there That's was fair. my buddy Nino is one of the best players I ever played with. He wore a C his an A his sophomore year and a C his junior and a senior year, and I never looked at myself as being like, yeah, I wa- I should have that. I'm older than you. I'm a year older. Than- no shot. That's. I guess that's the difference because I, every time I saw the C, I said that's going to be that's mine. Chest. That's that's mine. that's above the number sixty. Yep, that's mine. Yeah, I, I'd see I'd see Kale McCarr being that guy for the Abs. Um, I, I still love the signing of Ross Colton four by four. I think it's a little bit of an overpay, but the Abs are betting on two players in Colton and Miles Wood. Long term contracts, ten years between those two players, and nearly seven million dollars annually spent on them. They are expecting players like that. Much in the mold of Josh Manson, Archery Lekkinen, or are committed to winning, and when they get onto a new team with an expanded role, that they're going to fill that role, right? That you're not going to have a guy that shrinks away from the opportunity. That's what they're betting on. There's just not going to be any drop off here with this Avs team. Like in the past, they'd win a cup, they'd be good, and then they would have a lull. There's not, I don't see any lull here, bro. I think that the Avs and the Nuggets are just young and deep. And next year, the Avs are going to be relatively healthy. Obviously, they don't have the captain. But other than that, they seem like everybody's coming back healthy, right? Yeah. So, I don't know, bro. I just, I hate to say this out loud because I don't want to jinx them. But can you imagine a, a like a world where there's two parades in two weeks? I actually can. I, I don't know if I could control myself. You couldn't. Bro. Good God. I could. That's just too much. It's too much champagne. It's too many cigars. It's too much of the... Crazy inflatable wavy arm guy. The guy is drunk. <laughs> There's never too much of that. There's never too much of that. Yeah, you're right. I want to see Bednar with a silver chain up there going, put that in your pipe and smoke it, Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> Some great audio from Bruce Brown coming up next alongside Nelly's NFL Notes. It's Altitude Sports Radio. That sound is time for Nelly's NFL note. Steve Nelson, give it to this us. This is my lovemaking music. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I, all I think this about is how this, I made alignment. I put this on, made alignment, just, bam. Because it is marching music at, at its core. This is a march. You can get, you can all get I can see going. is Chess just marching into a room. Ready to do this. Still with the noise. Down it, down it. Let me get the stretch in here. Did you just throw Mario? You just threw Super (laughs) Mario in there. We put rose petals on the bed and lit the candles to set the mood. The 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 winds of winter blow in. As McChesney tears across the countryside. You don't want the winds of winter in the bedroom. It's too cold. We're we're outside in a teepee. (laughs) Hey, this this music serves many different purposes and. One purpose it serves is I'm going to tell you about another member, the newest member of the Madden 99 Club. So far, they've been teasing a new person every day. And today's latest addition was Dallas Cowboys guard Zach Martin. (laughs) Then went on strike. (laughs) Exactly. And it is perfect timing because earlier today, he said he is considering not reporting to Cowboys training camp because he is unhappy with his contract and the team's lack of interest in restructuring his deal, according to Adam Schefter. As of now, 
Martin is going to make about $7 million less than other top paid guards around the league. And his numbers go toe to toe with those top paid guards. So now I guess if he's going to the bargaining table, he can say, I, I got a 99 in Madden. What else do you want from me? Well, he is outside of Quentin Nelson. He is the best guard in football. Uh, I would only take Quentin over him because he's younger and Zach's had a couple injury things. But he has every right to do this, and he can only do it one more time. So if I were him, I would be doing the same thing. Uh, I am a first ballot Hall of Fame guard, undoubtedly. He is unbelievably talented at that position. And the the Cowboys, when him and Tyron Smith are on the field together, they are a totally different team than when they are not. So. I don't know why they're not paying this cat. He's currently 4.74% of the Dallas Cowboys cap there. He trails guys like Joe Thune, uh by what? A lot. $11 million. Yeah, he need, they need to give him a new, like it, give him a, a two-year deal and just front load the hell out of Imagine, it. imagine the gasoline thrown on the dumpster fire that is the running back tag situation <laughs> right now where Jerry Jones goes out and spends millions of dollars on Zeke Elliott and now has to pretty much get rid of him and then he tags Bernard Paul <laughs> he tags Pollard for 10 million dollars this year just yep. north of it not wanting to pay his running back could you imagine if Zach Martin just goes yeah I'm gonna sit out well Martin gets paid 20 million a year or something like that than Pollard. he's way more important I, I just imagine what that's going to do to this running back well, unit of McCaffrey and Henry and Pollard and Saquon, all these guys who are saying, we're going to take it to the Supreme Court. They're, imagine they're, they're what that does. They're not going to do anything. They're, they're just going to whine. Like the running backs sound so weak to me right now. Weak. Oh, we're not making enough money and no one likes us. <laughs> Chris McCaffrey's making 30 million next year, dog. He's getting paid. Like, I'm sorry if you if you play a position that they don't value, but it, so everybody else should just feel sorry for you? Shut up and do your job. If you don't like it, we'll find somebody else to take your carries quick, homie. Real quick. Somebody will step in and play for that 1.8. Nelly, what's next? KJ Wright was chatting on his podcast all day with KJ, and... Of course, the topic of Russell Wilson came up since they were teammates through the peak of the Legion of Boom. And KJ said that Russ, ha he burned some bridges on the way out of Seattle and he's got some people that he owes an apology. Gee, I don't want to, I don't want to go viral with this. I really don't. But I'm going to. But a few dudes that came on here, off record, on record, and has said what they've said or how they felt about number three. When you play this game, when you go through this journey, it's all about the brothers. It's all about the brotherhood. And when it's all said and done, he he got a lot of making up to do. He got a lot of phone calls to make. A lot of, hey, bro, I, I should have done better with that. And that's the mm -hmm. God honest truth. Mm -hmm. I couldn't hold that in. I, I couldn't hold that inside, but he got a lot of making up to do. Oh, man, the more I hear this, the more I have to believe it's true. I mean, I just don't think he's a very good teammate. I don't think people like him very much. Most of what we've heard, though, <laughs> it's, it's, most of what we've heard. I haven't heard anybody other than the come, Bronco teammates defend him. Not one guy in Seattle. Most of what we have heard has come from the mouths of defensive players who at 
rightfully so, when we talk about the early 2010 Seattle Seahawks, what do we oh, talk man, about? Pete. We talk about we talk about a dominant defense. We talk about one of the best secondaries of all time. And while they won a Super Bowl because of that defense, a lot of it was talked about because of how great of a quarterback and a leader that Russell Wilson was. Is I, I always have to look at the other side of the coin here, Ches. Is this just an axe to grind that a lot of these these defensive players, the Shermans, the Wagners, no, now the K.J. Wrights I, are coming out of the woodwork an and saying that, well, Russ wasn't a great teammate. They're all defensive players, and they didn't get as much of the shine that number three did. Well, look, I will say this. Uh, that that team won a Super Bowl because of their defense and running game. Russ, Russ rode the wave. The next year, Russ was more of an important piece, and they should have won that Super Bowl too. And I hate the fact that people blame it on Russell and Pete, or on Pete, I would blame it on Russ more because, bro, you're the quarterback. You have the ability to change the play. You had to know that play was garbage when it came in. But he wanted to throw that ball, bro. That's this is my this is the ego problem. Instead of just saying, okay, I'm glad you called this play, but we're not running <laughs> we're not running that play. We'll run that on third down if we have to. Uh, we're just going to give it to Beast Mode again and go win a Super Bowl and beat Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in back to back Super Bowls, which would put him in a different echelon. But I do think that there's credence to this. I think there's I do also think that there's access to grind. Both things are right. I think that Russ is a terrible teammate, and a lot of people didn't like him. And I think there's a lot of defensive guys that have an axe to grind that think that maybe the shine should have been on them more than Russ. And I think that there's a lot of bad blood in Seattle between all of them. And I also think that K.J. Wright asking to him to apologize is maybe the weakest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Like, you need him to say you're sorry? This is, this is the new mentality. This is the new man mentality. I need everybody to apologize to me, validate my emotions, make sure everything is copacetic, don't sacrifice anything, I'm not going to do my job, just this this is the new man, and then KJ just fell into it, apologize to me, what, do you, what does he need to apologize for, if I'm Russ, here's my sorry, look at your Super Bowl ring, shut your mouth, he doesn't owe you an apology, even if he needs to do it, he doesn't owe you anything, let's be real. He may need to apologize, but this whole, like, he owes people an apology, you're not an authority, KJ. I'm sure you've spurned people and treated people badly or didn't get along with someone. Does everybody owe your punk ass an apology, too? I mean, I'm sorry, dude, but this, like, this weak-ass mentality that everybody's got to be, like, everyone's got to agree, everyone's got to get along, and you owe me an apology? Nah, dog. I don't owe you nothing. Nelly, what's next? Excuse me, gentlemen. This is a closed set. Sorry, we have a meeting of the Joshes back here, both Grismer and Dover. Um, the Jets have made <laughs> it publicly known that they're not happy about being forced into being on Hard Knocks this year. And Adam Schefter offered some more details about this. He said, quote, Hard Knocks will not be the same. They're not going That's to be suck. given the same access. The no. Jets don't believe it's humane to show players being released so it would oh surprise God. me if we see that this summer. What are you doing? That's my team, too. And they, been, that's so soft. I've been out on the show. I wouldn't say completely out on the show for many oh. years, but my interest in Hard Knocks is I'm waned not watch it all. year in, year out. But you watch to see what guys are going to make, and you watch for the emotion of players either making it's the inhumane? team or getting cut. Inhumane. Okay, so then it's inhumane to cut me, too. So can I come? Can I go back in time and not get cut 14 times in six years? 
It's inhumane to cut people Come and on. show it on TV. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a Jet alum. I love them. But that's the softest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, it's inhumane to show guys getting cut. <laughs> it's necessary. Man. You need to show guys getting cut so everybody doesn't need an apology for getting cut. You're what, a- I'm sorry you're getting cut? No, you're just not good enough. You're a former player, right? And I always have this this mentality God, how that soft are we? The the professional athlete, whether making fifty million dollars a year or, or making, fifty thousand, right? Even more than that. Just you know, you're making a hundred k as what's what's like the NFL practice squad guy makes a hundred and eighty grand. There you go, hundred eighty thousand dollars. That's a ton of money. I would love to have that salary. Good they're, God! And everyone was, oh, they're people too. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, they're people. Soil and green is people. I'm just saying that. Saying, look, the whole point of Hard Knocks is a behind-the-scene look. Yes. They're doing this because they're pissed off that Hard Knocks is there. So they're taking away access. They don't actually think that it's inhumane. They're taking away access because they don't want the show there. And honestly, as a Jet fan, I don't want the damn show there either. I I want them to fly under the radar until people figure out that Aaron Rodgers is actually pretty good with them. I don't need all this hype around it. I guarantee you that show is going to be... It's going to be terrible. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them if knowing McGovern and Turner and how veteran savvy they are, because I work with both of them, and then Aaron and how much he hates the media, though he plays them like a fiddle. I wouldn't doubt if they all sit down in a room and they're like, give them nothing. Like, make this as bland and boring as humanly possible when they do the interviews. You can't make practice boring. That, that, that part of the show... I like watching just because I like to see guys running around and popping and it takes me back. But the whole, like, talking to the players, talking to the coaches part, I bet you it's going to be like, so how was practice today? Hot. Okay, elaborate I, on this part of the of the team. We're good. I hope it really isn't, <laughs> isn't what's going to happen with HBO. It, it's a fun show to watch. I watch to, to follow the stories of the guys who are either going to make the team or just miss it. You're a professional athlete by making either millions or, again, 180K as a vet minimum or a league minimum player. You do give up some of your right to privacy. That's just the way of the world There's, and the way of pro sports. I can't believe they it said It sucks this. that they're actually going to do this. Inhumane. Nelly, what's next? Former Patriots cornerback Asante Samuel was chatting with Bryant McFadden of CBS Sports, and he was asked, is Bill Belichick the greatest coach in NFL history? Now, Samuel played for the Patriots from 03 to 07, and he won two Super Bowls in the during the rise of that evil empire with Hoodie and Brady. So he probably thinks highly of Belichick, you'd think. Here's what he had to say. Is he the best coach in NFL history? Absolutely not. Are you crazy? Why, why not? Well, look at his record without Tom. You got to win without Tom. So you're telling thing me. I learned about being great. You got to be great in different situations. It was all Tom. I was there. I saw it. It was Tom. Everybody know it. Tom know it. But he ain't going to admit it because he want to be politically correct. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm going to tell the truth. And you're not afraid. And I never. And you got afraid. experience to talk the truth. Uh, I've been there. I've seen it. I confronted him. And we've been through it. And that's how I do it. Uh, Asante Samuel, 11 years in the league. He was a two-time All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler. Where did he play? Uh, he was New England, Philadelphia, Atlanta in his last two years. Well, then I guess he sucked in Philadelphia and Atlanta because he didn't win a Super Bowl. He was an All-Pro. Well, good for him, but obviously he didn't win a Super Bowl, so I guess he sucked those years, huh? He wasn't with Tom, so he wasn't any good. It just it, This is just sour grapes to me. He didn't get re-signed by New England, so he's mad at Belichick. You got two rings. 
I mean, dude, saying that he's not a good coach, it just makes you sound stupid. He may not be the best coach in NFL history, in your opinion, but making it seem like he wasn't even a part of it, like it's all Tom Brady, I'm sorry, but that's crap. See, I that's had... like saying that the all the Bron the Broncos Super Bowls were all Mike Shanahan. They it's just not true. It's everybody coming together. I had this conversation a little bit last week with Demps, and I I'm not willing to say that Bill Belichick right now is not the greatest head coach in the history of the league because I do think he is. He has the rings to back it up. However. Ever since Tom left New England, there's been more mounting evidence that <laughs> it was way more on the shoulders of Tom Brady than it was Bill Belichick, the head coach. And time I always out. have to look at that. Time no, not yet. Too. Not yet. No, don't Come call. On. You don't get to call a timeout when I got the ball oh. in my hands. Oh my there's God. mounting evidence over the past few years that Belichick's involvement with that team's success was less to do to his own brilliance than it was the brilliance of Tom Brady. Oh my and we've God. seen that we've seen that over the years with the failure of his assistant coaches to have any success in the league. And the only guys that have come out and have a modicum of success as a coach in this league has been what? Not an assistant coach, but a former player of his that's been able to go under the guise of Tom Brady and this Patriots mentality and have some sort of success in Tennessee with Mike Vrabel. I'm not willing to say that he will not eventually find success in New England once again without Tom Brady. Uh, but right retire. now, he hasn't seen it. Okay, so did Mike Shanahan go back to a Super Bowl without John Elway? He did not. Nope. Uh, let's see. Uh, did George Seifert go to Super Bowls without Montana and Young? He did not. Nope. But uh, he did it with Montana and Young. He did it good, with two players. Good, That's the thing. And I know George Seifert went to a Super Bowl, not two. He went to one. Did Bill Walsh do anything without Joe Montana? No. Did Tom Landry do anything without Roger Staubach? No. Did, like, this list goes on and on and on. It takes great coaching and quarterback play. It's not just one or the other. Very rarely is it one or the other. When you have subpar coaching and great quarterback play, you get Dan Reeves and John Elway. When you have subpar coaching and quarterback play, you get Jim Fossil and Kerry Collins. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's... That that's a suit that those guys made a Super Bowl. If you remember, they got correctly. there. They lost, they, but well, they got they there. They still got dog. Making a Super Bowl is pretty tough. I'm just saying they're not great. They're just guys who came together and they had a good season. Reeves a Hall of Famer, isn't he? Then they got ran out of the building by Baltimore. I don't know if Dan Reeves. I, he was on the ballot, but I don't know if he made the cut. He's on this year. Dan and Mike are on this year. I don't know if they made the cut or not. But I'm just saying it requires both. It's a perfect mix. Very rarely do you just get a great coach and a subpar quarterback. And then not a great defense. Because then look at Tampa Bay, like Gruden, Brad Johnson. Okay coach, okay quarterback, unbelievable defense. Baltimore, you know, Bill Bellick and Trent Dilfer, obviously not great. Best defense in NFL history. So it requires a, a lot of different things to come together. I just don't like the conversation, I guess. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying Asante's wrong. It's opinion-based, so it can't be wrong. It's an argument, right? But I am saying that there's it, you measure success in this league by pelts on the wall, and I'm not going to sit here and, like, dog Belichick out because he's got Mac Jones now. You, I don't care who you put in that situation in New England. They're the fourth-best team in the division, period. He can't just, like, if he would have gotten Aaron Rodgers this year, they'd win the division. So maybe may, they may have tried to get him and just couldn't. I don't know. But you've got to have quality quarterback play or some other part of your team that's elite in order to carry it. Like, 
Okay. They you do said, go hand in hand. You you yes, look at Andy you, you look at Andy Reid in his years with Andy the Eagles. Reed's got never, McNabb and never able to get it done with McNabb. Mahomes. But he gets the he gets that step up, right? Donovan met McNabb, McNabb was a damn was, good he quarterback was awesome. in this league. He wasn't Patrick. Made Mahomes. a Super Bowl and made countless NFC title games. They were quality together, but not great. He gets Mahomes. They turn into the best duo ever. Well, it, I mean, for real, Arguably. that's true. It's it, they'll be up there with the top five duos ever when it's yes. all said and done. But even look at like uh, Holmgren in the Packers. Holmgren, you know, has Don Mikowski. He goes down. Brett Favre comes in. All of a sudden, now he's got an elite player, and all of a sudden they're winning, going to Super Bowls and winning Super Bowls in Green Bay again after a thirty-year stretch. You get Aikman and Jimmy Johnson together in Dallas. Boom, you're winning Super Bowls. Like, if you look at the old Redskins teams with Joe Gibbs, that's a guy who, like, great coach that won with average quarterbacks. Doug Williams was great for a year. That's why I think Mark Gibbs Rippen might was great still have that. Year. I think he still has that mantle. Is he's still he's, the greatest one, of, head he's coach. one of the guys who, like, who might be considered one of those coaches that does more with less. He won one with Theismann, for God's sakes. He's got three rings with three different quarterbacks. That's, that's hard to do. That's my argument. That's super hard to do. No one else has done it, right? So no that's one. my argument against Belichick is that until you get back to that level with someone but who then that isn't... has to be your argument maybe, with everybody then. You have to use it with Shanahan and Walsh. I don't know if you do, though, because what? Brady's... Jimmy Johnson never made it back to a Super Bowl. Yeah, but Aikman isn't Brady. Aikman was I, amazing. He's I a agree. Hall of Famer. He's I, not Tom Brady. Yeah, but uh, time out, time out, time out, time out. I agree that Tom Brady is an enigma. He's different. He's the GOAT. But are we to assume that even if Drew Bledsoe plays, they don't go on the same run? Because if you remember correctly, Drew Bledsoe won the AFC title game that put them into their first Super Bowl. And then and then Belichick went with Brady in the Super Bowl just because he had had the run all year. And then Bledsoe left. But if Bledsoe stays the whole time, does he have three or four Super Bowls? Because I'm I playing in that era against that team. Tom Brady was great. They had a good running game, but their defense was unreal. And that's the reason they won their first three Super Bowls. Not Tom Brady. He may have taken them at the end of the game to kick a field goal, but I would say Adam Vinatieri and their defense are the reason they won their first three Super Bowls. Broncos win in 2015 with Brock Osweiler? Uh, win the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they win the Super Bowl. I don't know. Uh, that's although the that's comparison pretty, from the comparison from Bledsoe to Brock, like I don't like that. Bledsoe is a bad. Bledsoe is bad. That, he was. That guy he was a damn really good quarterback. Like I would take ten Drew Bledsoes over one. Uh, like Brock, that, that's not even a fair comparison. But I, I don't know, man. I think everything has to come together perfectly for it to work and mesh. And there's been so many circumstances where you have great coaches and great quarterbacks that don't win together. And you've had circumstances where you have average quarterbacks and great coaches that win together and average coaches and great quarterbacks that win together. I mean, there's been quarterbacks that have that have straight carried coaches too. I mean, how do you – okay, so if Tom Brady's really the GOAT, how can – and I'm just saying this. I'm not saying he's not, but here's the counterargument. How do you lose to Eli and Nick Foles then? Why doesn't he have 10 rings? Coughlin and Manning, where do you put Eli Manning on that list? Because Coughlin and Manning were pretty awesome together and won two Super Bowl MVPs and two Super Bowls and beat Brady twice. And then Nick Foles and Doug Peterson came in and hung 
48 points or something on the defense. It might, have just, it may have just been a, uh, a circumstance of like the data set just getting larger where eventually you're going to lose. Just gonna lo- yeah, exactly. You go to 10 Super Bowls, you're probably going to lose a couple <laughs> no of them. No doubt. It's just, well, it's the Elway argument. He went to five and lost three. Like the, You'll eventually I, I, win look one. At, I look at how many times you've been playing for the dance. Like it, it's like a LeBron situation almost. I don't think he's better than Mike. I don't think he's better than Kobe, but. I do respect the fact that he went to 10 straight finals. That is pure greatness. You can't say it's not. And if you are, you're just a hater. He may not be the same kind of player or the same kind of killer when the ball in his hands at the end of the game, but 10 straight finals is pretty good. (laughs) Speaking of some greatness, uh, there's a bunch of NHL milestones that may happen this year. We'll tell you what those could possibly be coming up on the other side. Also some audio from Bruce Brown talking about their night out after winning the NBA finals. Raj and Chez will take one final time out and come back on the other side. Bro. He had me drinking some Serbian whiskey. We was taking shots. So <laughs> my goal all night was to get him drunk. Yeah. Right? And he just flipped the script. But he a bigger body, and I wasn't even thinking that. Yeah. And you we was taking shots of, like, some Serbian whiskey, and I was I was finished, bro. You can't drink with them, bro. I'm not. They, I'm done. They, I learned my lesson. Nah, they different. He's different. <laughs> they, are, they are different. He is different. Man. I'm not. These are facts, never by the way. <laughs> flight was the next morning. At, we had a PJ next morning at, like, 8. I woke up at 11.50, called Simone, like, can you put me like, Bruce Brown talking about drinking in Vegas with Nicole Jokic <laughs> and just simply not being able to keep up with why. The dude's seven foot tall, 270 pounds, and he's from the Eastern Bloc. Yeah, like, that's the reason why he can't There ain't no drinking age there, dog. He started <laughs> at 10. <laughs> You're drinking Gatorade in between reps. They're taking shots of Serbian whiskey. Shots of vodka. <laughs> But I will say this, I played in Europe in the last year of NFL Europe, and there were a bunch of German dudes on our team, and you wanted, I like thought I could drink at that time. What I was the I German drink team? What was the German team name? We were the Frankfurt Galaxy. The Galaxy. But it was the allocated by the NFL, so it was still under the NFL. Got it. Uh, like, umbrella. But if you look at the logo, anybody that wants to go look at it, we always said, it's where the Frankfurt digital buttholes. <laughs> so... <laughs> I but do like, remember it. It looks like a supernova that you made in, digital in, in, in eight-bit <laughs> exactly. Microsoft Paint. I do it's remember. Terrible. The worst Pur- logo ever. Like purple a, and orange. I was gonna say purple, and orange, colors. and white, dude. So it, it like it, you put the jersey on, you'd be like, I gotta make this look good. <laughs> but we had a bunch of German dudes on our team, and we had this guy named Daniel Baneka on our team. His big ass defensive lineman, huge. The best tattoo artwork I have literally ever seen in my life. Like. The stuff he had on his chest and his back were unreal. Look at that logo right there. Did you do that, Nelly? You have, you have, wow, you have control over my. He sure does. I am uh, the all I don't like guy. the fact yeah, this... that you have control over my computer, but I guarantee you can find a picture of me in there because that's, that's DJ right there from the championship game when I played over there. But what back to the point, these German dudes, you want to like, I thought I could drink, right? Like, it was back in the day when I still partied in 2008 and, like, single and all that stuff. I don't drink anymore, but, like, I would have, you know, 10, 12 beers and be like, oh, man, I'm cooked. I'm out. Well, I'm talking, like, we're not talking, like, Budweiser's either. We're talking, like, glasses Giant of beer. Like, Hepa Bison yeah. and, like, they're just hammering them. And all day. And it doesn't stop. 
And it's just like constant. And then the next day they're just normal. And I'm like, I'm like dying hungover. And they're like, oh, good morning, Matt. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you guys? This is not normal. And I'm talking like, we're talking glasses of beer. Like, mm-hmm. you know what? That scene in Pulp Fiction where he's like, you can walk in Burger King, get a glass of beer, or walk into the movie theater and get a glass. That's true. We would go to movies and like you can get a mug of just ice cold half 32 ounces of it. And just hammering them during the movie. So. I'm not saying that Europeans drink better than us, but they, they do. They do. They like do. it's just different. And the I can only imagine what the Eastern Bloc. The is only like. state, the only state <laughs> that I would put up alcohol. against, and I saw this like the top ten drunkest states what, in West Virginia. No, Wisconsin. West, okay, Wisconsin has seven of the ten drunkest cities. I, I I think USA Today did the you know some like straw poll for beer. it. Yeah, I would put Wisconsin up against big the women. Big dudes, Wisconsin big women. up against the Germans for, for cheese and beer. I'm so in for Wisconsin it. against Germany in the beer Olympics. Yeah, we'll try. Why not? You think Wisconsin, they can wear the red, white? And do you blue think for Wisconsin us? is the the number one state for alcohol abuse in the East, in the country? Probably. <laughs> Wisconsin's <laughs> a great place. I love Madison. Why does I Wisconsin love being need to be the hub for alcoholism? I don't know. I just looked at a study. <laughs> I also conducted a study. It was called going to a Packers game, and I can back up what you're saying. There isn't much to do in Green Bay. Like I'm, you not, have, I'm not disagreeing you with Lambo, you. You have Lambo, and then you've got like the Green Bay Gamblers junior hockey team. Have you ever been there? Yeah. It is so awesome, isn't it? it I, it's walk, just this little town, I, and then dude, isn't it crazy? just like Wrigley is. Like yes. when you walk out of Wrigleyville, and then you just see this cathedral like it's, of it's, Wrigley Field. There's a stadium. It just happens. It's the same thing up in Green Bay where you're just kind of walking around, and you go, that's Lambeau Field. So I worked out for him twice, and the first time I went to work out for him, I stayed at this hotel like on the outskirts, and you fly into this baby-ass airport. So you fly from New York to Chicago, Chicago to Green Bay, and I get off the plane, little two-seater, and I go to the air, go to the hotel, and they drive you there. And like you, I didn't, re- I knew it was in a town, but I didn't realize what it was, right? And we're driving through Green Bay, and I'm like, "Wow, bro, like, where are we going? Like, I'm, we're in a suburb." And then he takes a left, and the stadium's just bam right there. And you're like, "Holy God, this thing's huge!" And it is literally like the entire facilities, all the indoor facilities, everything, right in one area, and huge. Lambo is huge. And the entire Packer Hall of Fame that's there, too, right in the middle of the suburbs. Like, there's a dude across the street. And Watering he has to his lawn. Wa- he, he is literally cutting his grass, walks across the street to go to Packer. It's the coolest thing ever. Like, and walking bro, across the street, is it, it's not walking a city block. No, it is dog, walking it's across like a 25-foot street. Yes, it's a one-lane, each-way street the coolest thing in the ever. middle of Wisconsin where there's a pro football team. It's just so unique. It's incredible. Yeah, we go there every year with our. They should play uh, a Super Bowl teams. there, bro. Nah, it's too cold. I know, I, we saw I know what happened last freezing, time. The Broncos still, went to a freezing cold Super Bowl so cool. and they got their butts kicked. I don't, I, I don't need to see that again. I, I think it would be awesome. Like, give me my Super Bowls in San Diego and Miami. Do you think they should Dallas? dome the stadium? Because I got into this with Rob the other day. I think there should be an option. I think it should be a retractable roof. Would think, you want to move from downtown to DIA area? I wouldn't want to, but I wouldn't be against it. It's not that bad. You hop on the light rail for 45 minutes, you're down there. Or you drive down, you make a whole night out of it. It's I, the beating heart of the city of Denver, dog. 
It is, but it isn't. It's across the highway. I don't care. Run, driving by it is special, though. It is special. I'll give you that little that little like, dip, dude, that left to right dip on, on I-25 is special. Every time. It's, it, driving by Old Mile High used to be special. Driving by that place is special. I don't think they should move from downtown, even if it is more of a pain in the ass. I could be convinced either way, Chess. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't be mad either way. I would understand moving it out there But I also want, space. like, I want a Final Four here, and I want a Super Bowl here. That's and the only way that you get it. that is you have to find a way to put a retractable and roof. Rob was saying that he only thinks they get one Super Bowl. I think if you dome that stadium, they would get. I you think get they would one every 10 years. One every 10 years, exactly. I think they'd be on the rotation because Denver is. It's a it's a booming metropolis right now, bro, and it is easy to get it, to. Exactly, you be you be have C CU Nebraska be playing there all the time. You know, CU CSU would be back in there playing there all the time. It would host every significant event that you would want to host, and and I'm for that because anything you can take out of Ball Arena or in Power Field and put into a megaplex dome, I'm with. Uh, I mentioned there's some NHL milestones before we get out of here coming up this year. 73 goals for Alexander Ovechkin to pass Gretzky this year. Probably not going to happen in one season. We haven't seen 73 no way. Uh, since like Tamu Solani did it in the 90s. 89 points for Sidney Crosby to get to the top 10. Tamu Solani, Tamu Solani greatest rookie season in the history wow. of the game, most likely will never be replicated. Uh, 89 points for Sidney Crosby to get to the top 10. I think it happens this year. How, how many years has he been playing now? Since 2004. Or he was drafted He was drafted in 05. So, so 18 05. years? Yeah, and he just, and he he, just the keeps, guy's a stuff. He's trucking. a top five player of all time. Yeah, he's he's my favorite incredible. hockey player I've ever watched. Pretty incredible. Um, 29 goals for Evgeny Malkin to go to 500. He'll get and that. He'll get that. And then this one I also think happens. Eight wins for Marc-Andre Fleury to go to number two all oh, time. He'll definitely get Do that. Do you know who he'll pass to get to number two? Patty? Patrick Waugh. Patrick Waugh. He'll be sitting behind Martin Brodeur as number one. Hopefully the Avs can sign another player. Martin Brodeur. Martin Brodeur. Martin Brodeur. That's going to do it for us. PhDs coming up next for Chase. See you tomorrow. For Josh, for Nelly behind the glass, I appreciate you. They, I'm done. They, I learned my lessons. Nah, they different. He's different. They are, I'm they Raj. Are different. He is different, Drake. I'm not. It is. Never crazy. again. PhD is coming up next.